Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Yes, J-Doc, CJ, and V, the gorilla. They call us alternative, yeah, cause we ain't vanilla. We got the hard-hitting facts coming out that manila. Fold the truth in the media's afraid of the realists. Check the statement of the deep state. Yeah, they faked it. Mainstream news pull the cover up and sacred. Everybody hates it, but who's the one to face it? It's rogue news to expose truth to the nation. Yo, who are the ones who are not afraid to speak the truth? Educate you, exposing lies and who they listen to. Hey, they want to call collusion, you ain't got the proof. Who? Not the people lying now, but what they got to lose? Yeah, but we're not like that. Only interested in facts. Making sure we get it right on the trust of the mass. Population's only strong when liberty's intact. And it's a wise man said if it's not, it won't last. It was George Washington, by the way. Good morning, everyone. It's the Notorious V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live with my main man, El Cuco. And we bring you the news, the views, and all the information important to you. Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Real Rogue News. And folks, subscribe, 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 subscribe. Make it happen for yourself. Subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones that Rogue News, the best geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic news source in the entire world. I kid you not. We have all the best guests. We have London Paul. We got Jim Willie. We got all the best guys out there. Uh, we have our entire Rogue Money team, Rogue News team, which is uh, second to none. They are born on the best. And with that being said, also check out our sponsors, CryptoSchool.io, the CryptoSchool.io, as well as MyCBDEdibles.com. Whether you want some coffee or you want something delicious to have, MyCBDEdibles.com is the place to be. So check it out. And also RemainCalm.net. RemainCalm.net. Don't freak out. Remain calm. Whether you're getting sued or maybe you don't have any financial situation, you know, scenarios. Maybe you're looking to start a business. Maybe you want to, you know, have some investments. Whatever the heck it is you want to do. Uh, we have their new and improved loan program up to $800,000 unsecured. $800,000 unsecured. And again, this varies by individual based upon the parameters, credit score, uh, employment, and all that other stuff. So if you don't have a job or a business, please don't bother applying. It's You, know, you need some sort of proof of employment. So... That's about it. So uh, with that being said, Siege was crack-lacking, brother. Hey, V, good morning. Doing great, doing great. Uh, lots going on, but I'm, I'm, I'm surviving, V. How, how are you? Surviving, brother. Surviving. Thriving. Trying to, Getting our uh, hustle. The... Getting our yeah. hustle, V. <laughs> that's it, man. That's, that's, that's all I can do, Siege. That's all I can do. Um, a lot of crazy stuff going on, bro. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Where do you want to begin? Wow. That's it. Wow. You, have, you have a video here with Kaiser Report. What do you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, I mean it's it's not getting tremendous amount of coverage, but you know Max Kaiser and and I, via correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that you've talked a little bit around the imploding the amount of massive debt that the fracking industry is incurring right now, and there was an op-ed in the New York Times discussing the amount of bleeding that's occurring quarterly uh, in that particular industry. Obviously, not as as substantial as the housing bubble that occurred. Uh, but obviously reasons that for concerns, especially if interest rates uh, start to tick up a little bit in terms of how they would pay that debt back. Uh, I'm not sure, V, but I think someone may have discussed this before. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who that could be, man. I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, brother. You know, I, I don't know who, who could it be. Could it be me? Could it possibly be? You know, you know, I'm kicking myself in the ass, bro. It's like I should have all my articles that I've ever written. I should have just kept them. You know, it's on Rogue Money, but you just got to spend the time to go back and scroll through it. And I think it was back in 2013 or 14 that I was predicting when the oil was around, you know, $70, $80. I'm like, yeah, we're going to hit like $39 a barrel. And boom, it happened. Before, you, before even anybody else was talking about it. And one of the things I described about oil is that, hey, man, it's the most financialized asset. And people don't realize how financialized oil is. And people think that, oh, yeah, we need to get oil out of the hand of the speculators and just talk about speculation. No. Oil is financially tied to many, many instruments, folks. And one of the things I detailed in that article that I wrote years ago is that the fracking industry, the whole thing is built on a house of cards. The whole thing is built on a sinking foundation. The whole thing is 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 built on weak limestone through which these uh, fracking things are going through. Okay, so with that being said, uh, see, let's just let's just talk about that, right? Here we have the dish rag of ill repute. The dish rag of ill repute. And that is, of course, the New York Times. Okay, this is their uh, their opinion piece. The next financial crisis lurks underground. Uh, and fueled by debt and years of easy credit, America's energy boom is on shaky footing. And uh, about 20 years ago, an entrepreneur named George Mitchell proved that it was possible to get lots of oil and gas out of parts of the earth long thought to be sucked dry by injecting liquid at a high pressure into a horizontal well below the surface and about 10 years ago, fracking, the common term for this process, began in earnest. In that short amount of time, fracking America, fracking America, <laughs> fracking in America has turned the energy world upside down. A decade and a half ago, Congress was hand-wringing about impeding shortages of oil and, and natural gas. By the end of 2015, President uh, Barack Hussein Obama lifted the Odumbo, lifted the ban against oil exports. Uh, today, America is the world's largest producer of natural gas and it is an oil powerhouse ready to eclipse both Saudi Arabia and Russia. This has also led to, to muscular claims about American energy wealth. Eric Norland, executive director of the CME Group, a derivatives marketplace, calls fracking one of the top five things reshaping geopolitics. What do you think about that again? Eric Norland, the executive director of the CME Group, a what a derivatives marketplace the the Chicago Mercantile Exchange a derivatives marketplace calls fracking one of the top five things reshaping geopolitics. So basically, a financial saboteur, basically a financial hijinks 
acolyte, okay, financial con man, is out there saying the wonders of, of fracking, how it's reshaping geopolitics. Why? What does he know? What is he really saying? What does he know that you don't? Well, it's this. That fracking is very financialized. The energy sector in this country is extremely financialized. It is over-leveraged to the hilt. And, folks, if you remember the subprime crisis where they were taking subprime mortgages, chopping them up with triple AAA security assets and selling it all over the world as a solid, safe investment, you thought the mortgage crisis was bad. You don't understand, folks. Energy assets have been derivatized and sold to a level that we do not have any idea about. I'll repeat myself again, and I want you to get the gravity of what I'm saying. Energy assets, natural gas, petroleum, the oil, the entire energy industry and its wares has been so financialized. The energy industry has been so financialized, these assets, so financialized, so derivatized. We don't know the length, the breadth, nor the gravity of how far placed these destructive munitions of monetary mayhem have been placed. We have no idea. That's the most dangerous thing. You thought subprime was bad when it kicked off in California and in Arizona and it spread throughout the rest of the country, taking down housing markets left and right. And you're still sitting there thinking that, hey, you know what, the uh, the 2000, the, the, the next coming real estate collapse is going to be worse than the first time around. You'd be right. And you, you would think to yourself that that was, that that was a, a, a huge devastation to the, the American way of life. Folks, you have no idea. We have a petrodollar for a reason. And let me tell you something. When entire municipalities, and when I say entire municipalities, I am talking, at least in my article that I remember so vaguely right now, I listed over 27 to 32 states, if I'm not mistaken, that are completely saturated to the hilt on loans and, and financial obligations and lines of credit hinged and linked to municipal bonds, muni bonds, muni funds, linked again, daisy-chained to municipal pensions, state pensions, over 30 states, that when these things blow, 30 states will blow with them. And if 30 states blow, it will take out the rest of the remaining states with them. If 30 states financially implode, states that already 
because of double book accounting have literally two sets of books. States which right now are doing all sorts of accounting gymnastics, are doing all sorts of mystical arithmetic to make their books look good. States who are right now where their pension funds are in the negatives or they're only 40, 30, 20, and at best 50% funded, it's going to wipe them out. This is huge. This radical change has resulted in the widespread concern about the impact of fracking on the environment. But another less known controversy may prove to be more important. Some of fracking's, fracking's biggest skeptics are on Wall Street. They argue the industry's financial foundation is unstable. Frackers haven't proven that they can make money. The industry has a very bad history of money going into it and never coming out. Sounds like Tesla, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I, I had to take a shot. I had to go That's there. Okay. I had to take a shot at Tesla. <laughs> so th this is from a hedge fund manager, Jim Channels, who founded the world's largest short-selling hedge fund. The 60 biggest exploration and production firms are not generating enough cash from their operations. So here they are. They're out there in the mid-2000s, mid okay? And they're out there talking about how great fracking is. You need to dump more money in. And, and, and dude, I, I've known one of these guys personally tied into ConocoPhillips over here at the New York, Pennsylvania, Marcella Shale, where in New York, we, 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 I think we opted not to drill because of the, uh, you know, we don't want our water table destroyed. So they went over to Pennsylvania, the Marcella Shale. That's why you have people have uh, have explosive gas coming out of their 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 faucets and their kitchen sinks. Right, they literally can light their water light their on fire. water on fire. It's yeah. crazy. I set fire to the water, watch it pour out of the drain. <laughs> it's my Adele right there. But um, so they went over there. It's kind of like Phillips. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm 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 talking with this guy, and he is so. And his name is Dan. I'm not going to give his last name. I don't want to. I think I said too much. Um, so uh, anyway, here I am talking with this guy. Talking about all the, the billions of investments, how you know municipalities and towns are getting behind what they're doing in the Marcella Shale and how, uh, you know, they're they're. Um, you know, they're 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 really gearing up and how. It's only a matter of time before natural gas prices uptick and everybody who's an investor, everybody who's in it, they're going to make a killing. Natural gas is the way forward, blah, 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 blah. blah. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, but Dan, dude, you don't have any infrastructure. There's no natural. I can't pull up my car up to a, a gas station and be like, yeah, you know what? I want, I want natural gas. I want natural gas. There's no infrastructure for natural gas-powered cars. There's no infrastructure. Just like there's no infrastructure, nor there will be for electric cars. It's just not going to happen. He didn't want to hear that because what he's interested in is getting more and more money. What he's interested in is not only money from municipalities, but investors and accredited investors, some of which have literally put their life savings into it, right? Because they're all about drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. And they're about to get blown out. These companies have survived in spite of skeptics, in spite of the absolute tumult. In the energy markets, they sur they survived.
And the way they're surviving is they're basically robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're surviving because they're they're selling people a line of BS. And this is what I said weeks ago, CJ, that we have a generation that loves being lied to. We have a generation that are more hyped about a shtick, meaning a gimmick. They're, they get they get high, absolutely high on a story. Oh, we have an electric car. It's going to save the world. Oh, fracking! It's going to you know we're going to become the energy powerhouse on on planet Earth, and we're gonna we're going we're going to change the world. Okay, well, what's it costing you? A lot of money. How much money have you made? Nothing. We're bleeding. We're burning through money on a daily basis, millions of dollars. And what they're doing is just it, it, it's they're, they're, the fracking companies are doing the same thing WorldCom did. They're doing the same thing Enron did. They're doing the same thing that 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 uh, um, WorldCom did. It's very Enron-esque. Very. Selling the idea, the notion, you put on a really good dog and pony show, and you say, you know what, the, don't worry about the loans. Give us this loans. Give us this loans, and it'll be repaid by future sales of natural gas because, after all, natural gas is going to go from two dollars a cubic foot. It's going to be ten dollars a cubic foot, and then, and then you you're going to be paid back plus interest. And that didn't happen. Mm. And that didn't happen. And now it's worse than ever before. See, we have a video from uh, Max Kaiser. Why don't you play that and have Max fill out the other end of this? Because people don't understand, folks. This is complete. And I wrote about this in 2014. This is a financialized weapon waiting to explode. And I don't know how you would defuse this bomb. I don't know how you defuse this bomb. I I'll be honest with you. It's beyond my pay grade. Let's see. Roger that. Give me one second. It's coming up, me. You gotta get that audio. I do that. Stay with me for one second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, I'll get the volume all the way down. I'm going to look at something else that we have been right about, and that is fracking. And this is also part of that whole Federal Reserve 0% interest rate thing. But the next financial crisis lurks underground. Its name, fracking. Fueled by debt and years of easy credit, America's energy boom is on shaky footing. This is a headline actually from the New York Times, Bethany McLean, the one who outed Enron and warned before they collapsed. But this chart is quite interesting because here is when you and I began warning about fracking and this is US oil production. So this is about when uh, fracking really started to take off at when interest rates were taken to zero. Um, so the green line is the US oil production uh, yellow line is uh, Russia oil production. Mm, it reminds me of that phrase, peak everything. 
peak gas through fracking, peak credit via the central bank system, peak everything. Now, the remarkable thing that you and I, we have said this for years, since the first episode I could find was back in 2009 or 10 that we covered uh, fracking and how that, that it costs more than they extracted in value. And we got uh, reported by the uh, DNI reports in front of the Congress as this is somehow anti-American, that this, uh, the fact that we've pointed this out. But now this is the New York Times. It's been retweeted and pushed also by Paul Krugman. So we're going to go into some of the details that they're now coming around to in 2018 that you and I were saying, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago as well, and warning people about this. But some of fracking's biggest skeptics are actually on Wall Street, Bethany McLean points out. The 60 biggest exploration and production firms are not generating enough cash from their operations to cover their operating and capital expenses. In aggregate, from mid-2012 to mid-2017, they had negative free cash flow of $9 billion per quarter. A key reason for the terrible financial results is that fracked oil wells show a steep decline rate. (laughs) This is something that you and I have pointed out, the Red Queen syndrome. There's a huge steep decline rate, and you have to keep on fracking, fracking, fracking. Many people in the comments would say, oh, you know, this is just propaganda. Uh, The DNI report did uh, also say that as well. But here I'm going to read you some actual data from the Kansas City Federal Reserve as part of the U.S. Federal Reserve System. And they say the amount of oil they produce in the second year of a fracked well is drastically smaller than the amount produced in the first. According to an economist at the Kansas City Federal Reserve, production in the average well in the back end, a key area for fracking shale in North Dakota, declined 69% in its first year and more than 85% in its first three years. A conventional well might decline by 10% a year. For fracking operations to keep growing, they need huge investments each and every year to offset the decline from the previous year as well. Well, this is going to require a massive bailout. So in other words, in 2008, the banks overlended and they got bailed out. The creditors got bailed out. Here, the frackers overfracked and with too much borrowed money, and they're going to need a massive bailout. They'll be considered systemically important. They'll be considered uh, an industry that we can't let go under, especially since we are in bitter lock competition with the other gas producers of the world. And they will get a massive bailout. It'll be probably the uh, excuse for a quantitative, uh, for a QE4 will be ushered in uh, with this bailout. This will be the reason for, for that. Bethany McLean, now in the New York Times, seven years after you and I pointed this out, is now saying that the Federal Reserve is responsible for the fracking boom. This is her exact quote. Because the industry has such a voracious need for capital and capital costs money, fracking could not have taken off so dramatically were it not for record low interest rates after the 2008 financial crisis. In other words, the Federal Reserve is responsible for the fracking boom. So they drove interest rates down to 0% to bail out the creditors of the whole subprime financial system and all the fraud to cover up all that fraud that went global and was in pension funds and municipal funds yep. all over the world. So and they drove right to zero to, dry, to bail out the... Cr- and there you go, folks. 
Okay, there you go. When you have, and this is what's worrisome, and this is what we need to face as a country. We need to have a real adult conversation about how we're going to find solutions to this, right? When you have something like fracking, when you have something like oil, when you have real industries that require massive capital, you see, in a real physical economy, the majority of fracking companies would be out of business. In fact, all of them pretty much will be out of business. Okay, maybe maybe one or two or three would survive. Everybody else would be gone. And or the others would be spending a lot of their time, their R&D, their research and development, trying to find more efficient, safer, cleaner ways of fracking at a lower cost than what their what their next rival is doing. That's just the way free market economics works. In the fictitious economy that we have, in the phantom economy that we have, in the fake economy that we have, where cheap money is, is plentiful, it, only in the world of a central banker gone retarded, only in the world of a central banker gone full-on crazy, a world that is flux with what is flush with cheap money, would something like fracking exist? Do you get it? Something like a fracking company who for one, two, three, five, six, nine, ten years straight burns through capital, returns no profit, and is still in business. Only in the crazy central banker's world would something like a, a Tesla exist, an Amazon exist, a Facebook exist. Folks, do you understand that that the the, the banksters world that industries that hire tens and hundreds of thousands of people are built on a bubble? That is the real hard truth. Do you understand how this is being kept? Do you understand what I what I mean by, you know, when, 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 a, when a cohort of mine, a fellow alphabetarian, somebody who's actually saved this country multiple times, okay? And is, is from someone who's worked at, 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 at very connected levels at the Department of Energy in a specific industry in this country, saved this country multiple times, you have no idea, has spoken to me and says, V, the, 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 we're cheering for you. We love what you do. And one of the things I want to tell you is that we are having what is called a run-to-failure policy. In other words, we are so inured by the bubble. We're so into the bubble that to burst the bubble would mean absolute devastation. People say, well, why can't Trump just collapse the economy? Pull the because we don't have a physical economy built up. We don't have real physical production yet. To pull the rug out of any economy, to 86 the economy right now, to pop the bubble right now would be the loss, the catastrophic loss that this economy, this so weak economy simply cannot sustain a blow like that. This ain't China. When people say, oh, China's got 23 trillion debt. Yeah, but who cares? It's not systemic. It's regional. It's localized. And on top of that, the majority of their people are savers. They have, they're flush with cash. They're extremely liquid. I like when people tell me, well, you know, China's market's not that liquid. Oh, it's very, very liquid, my friend. It's actually more liquid than us. We're more liquid than them because we're get, we, we, get to get, we get to get away with financial shenanigans. 
called derivatives that may, that gives an appearance of liquidity. There's no liquidity there. Banks are illiquid, my friend. Banks are insolvent. How do I know that? Look at the money velocity. The money velocity is next to nothing. God on a truth. Huge problem. Then you got real LNG powerhouses like Qatar, like Russia, like Iran, who can get LNG out very, very cheaply. So real competitors. They can get it out cheaply. They can they can get it distributed effectively and quickly at very low cost. We can't. At least not yet. And this is the danger forward. If we cannot parlay this massive economic bubble, if we can't if, if we can't parry that move with a physical economy that is in place, that is production-based, with a free market economic principle that rewards success and purges losers and graft and all the chicanery out of the system, then there's no way forward. Do you get it? Then we face a very, very painful collapse that could, that could cost human life. Like, I can't even, I cannot, I cannot emphasize to you the danger here. And it's not just in oil and energy. It's in real estate. It's in the stock market. It's in tech stocks. It's in bonds. It's in, it's in every single damn asset we have. It has been so distorted. Mark to market is not even possible. A proper valuation is not even doable. Nobody knows anything. It's a serious problem. Problems like this is what brings nations down. We have challenges ahead. How and how does it, how we are going to have a way forward, or what does that even look like? I have no idea as of yet. I have no idea as of yet. B, real quick. To, to tie into that, and specifically, that's what makes the trade wars and the the tariff so dangerous, is because there there's blowback, there's ramifications from that, and this is a perfect example where Qatar and China has signed an LNG deal for the next twenty years of three point million tons. And B, guess what they're threatening the U.S. with? Guess what specifically China's doing and maneuvering now? What what are they going to tariff? So the U.S. is threatening more tariffs. On Chinese goods. So now what are the Chinese preparing for? Tariffs Guess what? Earth, you got Noel, specifically American LNG. <laughs> so so to, to already a dr dramatic, we just pointed out oh, how fragile. That is getting kicked in the nuts. How, how fragile that the energy sector is in America, how dead it is. And China pulls this and says, okay, well, fine. We're going to buy it from Qatar. And if you want to play games, we'll do a 25%. Tariff on American LNG. What's Making that going to do to the market? Completely uncompetitive. That means if these guys in the fracking industry got nowhere to sell, what what's uh, what are they going to do? They're going to implode. If they implode, entire towns implode. If entire towns implode, states implode. 
Like I said, there's about 30-some-odd states that are going to be burned to the ground with this. 30-some-odd states. Maybe, and that's not it. There's one more. There's right. one more. And I think this is what may have put a little bit of pause into U.S. negotiations with North Korea because of this. Amid signs of improved political situation, the Korean peninsula of Russian gas giant Gazprom is reviving its decided old era idea of building a gas pipeline from Russia's Far East to South Korea through North Korea. Yep. Bingo. Man, I talked about that a while back that, you know, they want to have pipeline deals run through North Korea. They want it. They want it to happen. It's because it ties into the one belt, one road. And um, having a 25% tariff on U.S. LNG is a shot to the nuts. When you have the largest economy in the world, largest economy in the world, which is re- it's really China, folks. So, you know, let's let's get on, let's get behind, let's get beyond the accounting gimmicks here. It's really China. When you have the largest manufacturing, largest import, largest export, largest energy importing and energy using economy on the planet, saying, "Okay, fine, you know what? You let's play the game. Let's all play the game. Twenty-five percent tariff on your LNG." That is a shot in the nuts. Massive. Huge. Shot right in the nuts, man. Kick. Bam. Unreal. Unreal. So it's not good news, man. Definitely not. Hey, but you put this one. This is very interesting in the deck that you put in there. And this is regards to what's unfolding. The letter that came out that specifically is addressed to uh, President Trump. And in part, you know, why I want to talk about this just briefly is because with this storm rolling up on the entire East Coast, that's a huge smokescreen, potentially yeah. huge smokescreen for some type of, of uh, event, some type of military escalation in, uh, in Syria. So you, you want to break this down? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, when you look at it this way, right, uh, cooler heads need to prevail. Um, this is from, again, our the group uh, VIPS, uh, VIPS, okay, VIPs. Uh, this is a memorandum for the president. It says, Mr. President, we are concerned that you may not have been adequately briefed on the upsurge of hostilities between in northwestern Syria, where Syrian armed forces with Russian support have launched a full-out campaign to take back the Al-Nursa, Al-Qaeda, ISIS-infested province of Idlib. Now listen to what, what VIP, the VIPS is saying. VIPS is saying a complete opposite of what the Wall Street Journal was writing yesterday. We are talking about rebel hell. These aren't rebel hell, you idiot. This is a terrorist stronghold. This is a haunt of devils. And what, they're, what VIPS is saying, the Syrians are, will almost certainly succeed, as they did in late 2016 in Aleppo. What's in Aleppo? As in Aleppo, it will mean unspeakable carnage unless someone finally tells the insurgents theirs is a lost cause. That's the one is you. The Israelis, the Saudis, and others who want unrest to endure are egging on the insurgents, assuring them that you, Mr. President, will use U.S. forces to protect the insurgents in Idlib and perhaps also rain hell down on Damascus. We believe that your senior advisors are encouraging the encouraging the insurgents to think in those terms. 
reminds me of uh of the Saddam Hussein days where they told uh the Iraqi rebels, yeah, go ahead and fight Saddam. We'll support you. And then nothing happened. We believe that your senior advisor encouraging insurgents to think of those terms and that your most senior aides are taking credit for your recent policy shift from troop withdrawal from Syria to indefinite war. Again, well, like just like what London Paul says, the neocons will not want their foreign policy touched. Big difference this time. Russian missile armed naval and air units are now deployed in unprecedented numbers to engage those tempted to interfere with Syrian and Russian forces trying to clean out terrorists from Idlib. We assume that, we assume that you've been briefed on that, at least to some extent. More important, we know that your advisors tend to be dangerously dismissive of Russian capabilities and intentions, as they always are. Because we're the best, we're the best. Look at us, CJ, we make the F-35, we make the Patriot missile, we're the best, we're the best. We make the M1A1 Abrams that just, uh, you know, grows up like a Roman candle. We're the best. We do not want you to be surprised when Russians start firing their missiles. The prospect of direct Russian-U.S. hostilities in Syria is at an all-time high. We are not sure that you realize that. The situation is even more volatile because Kremlin leaders are not sure who's calling the shots in Washington. Absolutely right. CJ, we're not even sure who's calling the shots in Washington when right. it comes to foreign You're right. policy. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, I, I don't know. Does, does anybody in the audience know who's calling the shots in Washington when it comes to foreign policy? Because I sure as hell don't. It's not the first time that President Putin has encountered such uncertainty. This, however, is the first, is the first time. I'm going to repeat that again, folks, so you hear it. This, however, is the first time, the first time, that Russian forces have deployed in such numbers into the area ready to do battle. The stakes are high. The Russians are not going to kick back while their boys are in on the ground in such large numbers that they're going to have American Shmamahawk missiles, some obsolete Shmamahawks, flying through the air at the ridiculously low rate of speed that they fly at and have the potential of, of shooting shooting a, a hundred Shmama Hawks and maybe two or three will probably land on, 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 on Russian soldiers. They're not going to stand for that. We hope that John Bolton, a.k.a. the maniacal mustache, has given you an accurate description of his acerbic talk with his Russian counterpart in Geneva a few weeks ago. In our view, it is a safe bet that the Kremlin is uncertain whether Bolton faithfully speaks in your stead or speaks instead of you. Freaking Bolton. The best way to assure Mr. Putin that you are in control of U.S. policy towards Syria would be for you to seek an early opportunity to speak out publicly, spelling out your intentions. If you wish wider war, Bolton has put you on the right path. He's he's laid it at our foot door. Thank you, John Bolton, you effing a-hole. If you wish to cool things down, you may wish to consider what might be called a preemptive ceasefire. How about that, CJ? That'd be awesome. Go on national television. Yeah. Paint the picture. By that, we mean a public commitment by the presidents of the United States and Russia to strengthen procedures to preclude an open clash between U.S. and Russian armed forces. We believe that in present circumstances, this kind of extraordinary step is now required to head off a wider war. And who signed the, the VIP steering group? William Binney. 
which we know we we got to get him on with Harley. Richard H. Black, Marshall Carter, Philip Girardi, Mike Javel, James George Stratus, Michael J. Kearns, John Caracu, Matthew Ho, Edward Loomis, Linda Lewis, David McHale, Ray McGovern, Elizabeth Murray, Toddy Prince, Colleen Rowley, Sarah G. Wilton, Robert Wing, Anne Wright. And they've had a whole bunch of documents. These are actual people who serve in the intelligence departments, some of them at the very high levels. We're being, again, neocon The neocon foreign policy hasn't changed, man. We get glimmers of hope, and then it's like pulled back, you know? Glimmers right. of hope. Right. And I'm telling you right now, man, the cooler heads have to prevail here. Because if these suckers think that they're going to sit back and fire a couple of shmama hawks off, And the Russians are going to sit by and just let it happen. You are mistaken. You are sorely mistaken. This is the same mistake they made on August 8th, 2008, when U.S.-led Special Operations Forces leading the Georgian invasion of South Ossetia, which is Russian-held, a surprise attack. Because they thought they can capture South Ossetia, which is part of their entanglement strategy that they've been working on against the Russians for decades now, since the since the communism fell. When that entire push into South Ossetia was literally stopped instantaneously to the shock and bewilderment of Western planners. By the Russian armed forces. They were shocked at the speed and the effectiveness, how they put that, how they squashed that entire thing. Just like they were shocked at the efficiency of Russian armed forces in Syria. Shocked. Shocked at their performance. If you think that Russia's weak, and we're going to just simply roll over them. You have another thing coming to you. You're, we're, maybe we need a rude awakening, CJ. I, I don't know. But, I mean, but what's that going to take? Is, is that going to be an aircraft carrier going to the bottom? Maybe the entire Mediterranean fleet sinking to the bottom? How, these, do, why are these guys like Bolton, a psychopath? Why are they in charge of the arms and levers of control? Why are they willing to let risk so much American lives? One American life loss is too many. We sh it's not our fight. It's not our war. We have enough problems to deal with domestically. We do not need to send our soldiers into harm's way for no reason. To be what? Al-Qaeda's Air Force? To be the, uh, the cavalry for ISIS? To be the backup for Al Nursa. So we can do the Saudi and Israeli bidding. Because they have this twisted sycophant proxy war with the Iranians. We need to get involved in it. Don't we got our own problems, CJ? Just a few, V. Just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. I mean, one out of one out of four American kids go to sleep with food insecurity. 
40 million still on food stamps, 101 million some on some sort of government welfare or subsidy, 95 million permanently out of work, can't find a job. There's no freaking factories being built anywhere right now. It's all being held up. Wall's not even done. That's being fought. Then all the while we're facing a coup here. You got crazy left-tard, libtard, and psychopaths attacking congressmen with knives, yelling "F Trump." This is the climate, we're, dude. We are a—we're turning into an insane asylum. And we really need to get our shit together as a country. Like, see, the other day you had a guy who attacked a Republican congressman, a deranged democrat, a far leftist, took out a switchblade, was about to stab the guy. The switchblade failed. He was rushed to the ground, but he was willing to kill. Then there was a security threat at one of the Trump Towers here in New York where they had a MAGA fest, where they had a MAGA meeting, where, you know, celebrating making America great again. Somebody was threatening a mass shooting. All these things that are happening right now, why don't we lay the blame on the Don Lemonheads and the Brian Stelters of this world, the, the CNNs and the MSLSDs, mainstream media, who's 24 hours a day brainwashing programming out there claiming that President Trump is like an Adolf Hitler, claiming that he's crazy, claiming that he's got the nuclear trigger, claiming that he's reckless, claiming this, and claiming deception and collusion. You had over 700-some-odd days of this collusion BS. You can't find a single, single thing. Mueller's going to have a big announcement this week. This week comes and goes. Well, Mueller's going to have a big announcement this week. Next week, month eight, nothing. But at the same time, they are, they are beating those war drums, beating the war drums, getting it into the people's head. The president is crazy. He's unfit for campaign. Impeach, 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 impeach. And psychos of very low IQ. And those that are high, highly su suggestible will literally take the continuous 24... You can't even go to a freaking beauty pageant without some anti-Trump crap. Look what happened at the Miss America. And it don't matter if their viewership was down 40%. Look at the bloody NFL. Kneeling at the American flag, blaming President Trump. Look at the freaking NBA. Look at the entertainment industry. When you have all these quote-unquote idols in music and entertainment and in sports and everybody's bashing Trump, 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 Trump. We hate the president, F Trump, F Trump, F Trump. We want Trump dead and having, you know, uh, having the head of the president cut off and saying that it's art. This is a massive deep state psychological operation. It's a psyop. They want this guy dead. They're tearing this country apart. And and how come nobody's pulling their the the uh their media licenses? It's 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 beyond me. This is sedition. Nobody believes the story. Nobody of any sort of a brain cell that has brain cells, two brain cells to rub together, believes the story that, that Hillary Clinton lost the election because of Russian meddling. Anybody with a brain will tell you that's not even possible. Anybody who understands how the electoral college functions 
will tell you that's not even possible. It's impossible. It's impossible to do, and that's why the Electoral College is so beautiful. It's a perfect system. It's a damn near perfect system. If you really study it, it makes hacking an election in the modern age very, very difficult. Especially when you have a candidate who's popular and you don't control them. And you can't control them. You can't buy them off. We're in dangerous times, folks. We're in dangerous times. And I'm telling you right now, this thing is only getting worse. I mean, we had Dex on yesterday. Dex was talking about all the indicators are in right now. We're looking at a, a, a possible market crash in October. He never says that. He never says that. Go back and listen to right. yesterday's interview with Dex. For the midterms. Yeah, I listened to and then it. We have, and just in time for the midterms. How would they love to pop this economy right before the midterm, CJ? How would they love to do that? You don't think they would? They just kicked off Alex Jones off of Twitter, off of Apple, off of iTunes, off of, off of YouTube. Off. What's next? The internet hosting service is going to be like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to host uh, Infowars anymore. We're just going to take them down for, for hate speech. We warned you folks back in the 90s, be careful of this, of this hate speech laws and hate crime laws. It's very loose. You don't want to believe us then. Well, now you have it. Censorship. And when they when they deplatform people, some people are like, oh, good for Jones. He's he's a he's a shell. He's a Israeli double agent. He never talks about the Jews. Blah 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 blah. Come on, man. Stop. If they take out the big B fifty two, you might not you might not like him. You might not agree with everything he says. But he's got the right to say it. And when you take out the big B fifty two on the radar. All of us smaller planes, uh, yeah, we're next. So if all the dissenting voices are, are, are curtailed, curb-tailed, kicked to the turf, put on platforms that nobody visits to, and I tell you guys all the time, hey, we're on Mines, we're on Steemit, we're on DTube, we're on, you know, we're on these alternative platforms, you go check out, you know, nope, nobody wants to come on board. Look at this, Microsoft wants to, wants to shut down Gab. Okay, people are like, oh, my, doesn't Microsoft own Gab? No, moron. Microsoft doesn't own Gab. Gab is independent. Gab is built on Microsoft's Azure platform, which is an amazing, the most robust cloud-based platform out there. Gab is built on it. Microsoft wants them, is now threatening to kick them out because of anti-Semitic statements. You're not allowed to have free speech anywhere because of words. Words will kill you. Words will kill you, folks. Words are a dangerous thing. Look what they did to Milo. Where where's Milo have been recently? Nowhere. Nowhere. And Milo was like the hottest thing going in 2016. He's gone. I haven't heard a peep from him. They shut him down. And Milo went over. I'm on Gab. You don't need to follow me on Twitter. You can find me on Gab. Get me over there. Nothing. Why? Because our lazy asses can't get out of YouTube. Our lazy asses won't leave Twitter. Our lazy asses love Facebook. You love it so much. You want it so much. Here, take it. All the way to the slaughterhouse. 
You have to understand what's happening here. It is nothing short of mutiny. Do you understand how terrifying it is that when you have dissenting voices curbtailed, we're going into a midterm election, there's a possibility. If these guys are, are, are censoring people now, they will have no qualms of popping this market in October, blaming Trump and anybody with a brain that could come out and say, hey, no, this is not because of Trump. This is because of Wall Street. Anybody, people like myself, people like London Paul, Jim Willie, hell, even Max Kaiser, people like us who have the capacity and the intellectual acumen to, to really get to the nitty-gritty of how the market chicanery works and expose it for the people in plain language, we won't have a platform. And they'll blame Trump. And now they've won the House, the Senate, and they'll get their impeachment. They can make up whatever. I've never seen a time such as this. And you're right, CJ. Here comes a hurricane conveniently steered in our direction. It's 2018, folks. 2018. There's hurricanes that just, you know, in the last two, three years, CJ, we've had hurricanes that do the most craziest things that don't work or move or operate like hurricanes. They literally come out of nowhere. And when they hit, just like in Houston, they just they just hang out. Because that's what hurricanes do, CJ. They just like to hit the coast and then just chill out. And, park. And, and they're on land. And while they're on land, what are they doing? They're getting stronger. Unheard of. Usually when they get close to land, they start, you know, diminishing in power. Or they're still moving. This They're just hanging out. They're just staying in there and they're getting stronger. They're just, just hanging out at the coast. Right off the coast, getting stronger. Steered is the best word. Steered. Unbelievable, man. Hey, V, real quick, one other thing to add to that is that, you know, don't don't think, and I'm not the one that came up with this, it's been said in, by a lot, a lot of other, you know, contributors that don't think that for one moment that the GOP wouldn't surrender the House just in effort to thwart Trump. I mean, you have the likes of Mitt Romney coming in and into the Senate. Don't think that these people... <clears throat> Would not work against uh, against this administration. That's that's what we're facing. That's what this administration is up against. Yep, absolutely. You, and you have vitriolic socialist, uh, democratic socialists, aka basically communists. Stop the. Can we just stop calling socialism social? It's freaking communism. It's communism. Yeah, communists winning elections. All have you, CJ? Have you ever lived to see the day that communists are winning elections in this country? Yeah, it's amazing. Just yeah, I never thought. No, no, people have been that brainwashed. Me. They really are. I want like the idiot Jim Carrey, who's who's done enough drugs to kill a horse. This guy's mind is whacked out out of his brain cell. Is out there saying, uh -huh, "We should just stop apologizing for socialism. Socialism is great." And dumb idiots who don't even know what socialism is, if it came up and snuck up behind them and 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 pulled and gave them an atomic wedgie and put it over their heads. Are cheering, and they look at you, and say, "Well, V, socialism 
it hasn't worked before because it was never really tried. You know, we have the perfect system of socialism. I was just gonna say communism hasn't worked before because it's never been tried before. When you tell these idiots it's been tried 289 times and has failed abysmally. But the only ones that succeed in communism and, and in socialism is the top zero 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 one percent. So yes, your Warren Buffett's, your Bill Gates's, your Jeff Bezos of the world, they love socialism. They love it. Consolidation of power. That's what we're facing. We have communists that are winning office. Alt media is being decimated. Cryptos are taking a dump. Gold and silver is in the toilet. The the the, the we're probably we're we have a potential being dragged into a large scale war in the Middle East. We have a, a, a coup against a president that is happening right now. 40% of the country is mentally retarded. They're believing everything that the mainstream media is selling them. They're programmed by it. They're all hyper-suggestible by it. And here we are entering a midterm election where the deep state stands to win bigly. And supposedly we're supposed to trust the plan. Everything's okay. Mass arrests are coming. Where? Where? That's what's going on, folks. And that's all I got to say, Siege. Very well said, V. Yeah, just uh, obviously the need to stay alert is is massive right now, especially with this hurricane uh, coming down on the East Coast. And and who knows? And just, just like clockwork, you know, it'll be the focus of every uh, type of coverage. FEMA will be coming out. Uh, the emergency rescues, you know, people be coming out. So just, just stay very alert right now. Absolutely. Watch the Middle East. Keep your eye on Syria. And with that being said, again, folks, subscribe to the channel, like, share, comment, share with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Uh, your support keeps us here uh, and keeps us on all our, our other platforms. Um, it's rough. It's rough, you know. But you know, hey, you know, it's you got to remember, that, you know, there's a. See, I want to play a speech. Yeah, go for it. Play a speech, and it's from um, that Churchill movie. What was the name of that Churchill movie with Gary Oldman? What was the name of that? The hell was it? Let me see. Churchill. Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. Here we go. Gary Oldman, Ellie James, and Kristen Scott. Okay, I'm gonna play you a speech from Darkest Hour. Speech. All right, folks. This is this is for us. You know, I played this before. We all know Churchill's famous quote: "Death before disarmament." Right. This is us. Not only in what media. This is us who are the patriots who love this country, who have seen us come so far, and literally all we need to do is mobilize. All we need to do is come together. And I'm going to play this speech for you guys. This is Winston Churchill, uh, played by Gary Oldman. To the question of invasion, I would observe that there has never been a period in all these long centuries of which we boast when an absolute guarantee against invasion could have been given to our people. Yeah. 
But I have myself full confidence that if all do their duty, if nothing is neglected, and the best arrangements are made as they are being made, we shall prove ourselves once more able to defend our island home, to ride out the storm of war, and to outlive the menace of tyranny, if necessary, for years, if necessary, alone. At any rate, that is what we are, are going to try to do. That is the result of which Majesty's government have been adamant. You're right. That is the will of Parliament and the nation. The British Empire and the French Republic linked together in their cause and in their name will defend to the death Aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. <laughs> Even though large tracts of Europe and many old and famous states have, have fallen or may fall into the, the grip of the Gestapo, and all the odious apparatus of the Nazi rule. We shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. <laughs> we shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with with growing confidence and growing strength in the air, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender! <laughs> and if... And if... Which I, I, I do not for a moment believe, this island or large part of it were were subjugated and starving, then our empire be on the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. One of the most powerful speeches. And I leave you all with that. Take it away, CJ.